There are three things that attack our lives. We fight the world. We live in a world that's uncertain. We live in a world that has problems in it. We live in a world that created, that was created by God, but because of man's failure, a lot of things entered the world. We lose family members. We have death ourselves. You know, I, I even think of my kids, I hate the fact, you know what bothers me the most about, about getting old and knowing one day, you know, at 130, I'm going to die? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Unless the rapture comes, I'll take that. Oh, yeah. Jesus, I'm gone. Gone. Heaven. There it is. Right there. I don't know what dying is going to be like, but that twinkling in the eye sounds real good to me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm in heaven. Sup? Que pasa? So one day, is the, is the thought that my kids will have to go through what I went through with my loss. It really bothers me that my child, is my son and my daughter, my sons and daughter, are going to have to one day sit at the table that I sat at. I'm not selfish about it. I, I, I don't mind going to be with the Lord. I have no problem with that. I'm good with it. I believe, don't y'all? Yes. I know that when I die to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord, I'm like Paul. It's better for you that I stay, but I'm between the twigs. I'm betwixt too. I'd rather go. Shoo. Streets of gold. All the food you can eat and never get fat. Yeehaw, baby. Jelly beans. You know what I'm talking about. None of this steak and fruit. You know, got to eat fruit and salads and all that stuff. Forget all this. I don't want another salad. Who wants another chicken dinner? I don't want another chicken dinner. Give me some pork loin. T-bone style. I want a ribeye, baby, with a lot of fat in it. I don't mind the idea of going to heaven. It doesn't bother me at all. But it bothers me. I'm selfish. I don't want. And so the world has produced this. We go through things in the world. We go through things in the world. Folks, you're not going to be immune from the things that are in the world. They're going to come. And the good news is that even though they come, there's a solution for them. Now we fight another thing. We fight our flesh and, and other fleshes. Oh, come on now. It takes me a little while to forgive. <laughs> oh, look at y'all. I love, I love to preach truth and tell the truth. Because I know all y'all forgive the moment it happens to you. Oh, yeah, y'all just, oh, oh, you so godly that the moment they did you wrong, and the moment they spat in your face, and the moment they took your money and didn't pay you back, I know, oh, yeah, you forgave them right then. Oh, nah. I don't know about nobody else, but it take me a little while. I got to think this thing through. <laughs> I, I, I got to have some Holy Ghost time. I got to get in the closet for a little while and say, God, you got to help me. Tell you the truth, I don't really want to see them in the grocery store the next day. Y'all know what I'm I hope I don't run into them at the restaurant. God help me. I just don't know what I'd say. 
Oh, you know what I'm talking about. You just do not want to see them. Please, God. And if you see their car, you're going the other way. You don't say, oh, we're not going in there. You see them at the mall. Oh, baby, we got to go. <laughs> but because we live in this flesh, you guys, we are going to overspend. I got a credit card right now that I have had for, a, well, it has been a long, long time. I'll tell you, it's been a long, long time. Goodwill done got them shoes. <laughs> they, they was originally $39.99. When I got done, they were $159.99. All that interest I paid, y'all know what I'm talking about? That stereo you bought for $900 cost you $3,000. <laughs> we get impulsive about things. We have been, there was the one time I heard this financial seminar. The guy said, freeze all your credit cards. I thought, that'll work. I'll freeze them all. Then you can't have impulsive spending. I just found out you can thaw something out really quick. <laughs> that just didn't work. You know what I'm talking about? I'm done. That microwave didn't get them credit cards out in a hurry. <laughs> the flesh, man. The flesh will get you in trouble. That flesh, man. Thank God you're saved in your heart. Because if it was saved in the head, you'd really be a mess. The flesh is what keeps us from experiencing the blessings of God a lot of times. Because here we are, we want healing, and our mind is telling us we're sick. Man, there ain't nothing like hugging the porcelain. By Jesus' stripes. (laughs) Oh, come on. And you know everybody's calling, God! Every, everybody gets saved at the toilet. Oh, God, help me. (laughs) That and lightning storms. You know what I'm talking about? You get in a good lightning storm, everybody gets saved. (laughs) Boom. I remember one time my daddy said to me, he said, son, we're going to go out and fix this antenna. Now, in Florida, these storms come up, and I'll tell you, they'll just have lightning striking everywhere. And these storms would just come up. And I told my dad, I said, Dad, more people get killed by lightning in Florida than anything. I said, Dad, I, am, I love you. I respect you. I honor you. But I am not going up on a metal ladder, on a metal trailer, grabbing a metal antenna in a lightning storm. <laughs> right. So I sat there. He said, well, I'm glad do that. I'm not going. Let me know how it turns out. <laughs> he went out that door, and I tell you, as God is my witness, I heard it. Sound, I mean, I was almost deaf when it hit. Boom! The trailer shook. I never saw my dad so white in all of his life. You could almost see through him. That lightning struck right behind him and hit a pole right behind him. He came back and said, I'm sorry, son. <laughs> Yeah, everybody gets saved in a lightning storm. 
I don't always drive right. <laughs> I don't. That's why I don't drive much. So I'm in the car the other day, my wife and I, and Ricardo's texting me from Singapore. I'm so thrilled. She says, I, you're not going to text with, with me in this car. I said, look, look, I'm okay. I can do this. I can do this. I, she said, you are not going to text with me in the car. I said, I, I said, okay, okay. So I sat down and then something came. I'm getting out. She said, I'm getting out. Let me out. Right here. Let me out. She said, you're wervin' all over the road. You're all over the curbs. You're, 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 you're hitting the brakes every five minutes. I said, and what's so different? Oh <laughs> I said, I actually think I drive better with the... No, I, I, don't, I, I just said, listen, for those of you that are police officers in here, I never... <laughs> text and drive. I just outed myself, didn't I? Oh, man. See me driving all the roads. I want you to hear this. So we go through challenges with the world. And then there's one more that we fight. The world, the flesh, and we do fight the devil. I have come to believe he really may not be the worst thing I'm facing. I mean, I, and let me tell you why. Because with him, I just rebuke him, and the Bible says he has to flee. The Bible says I've been given authority over him. I have all power and authority over him. I mean, all i got to do is say, you better quit. Is <laughs> crucifying the flesh. Dealing with other people and the challenges of the world. It's a couple of stories in the Bible. You know, let me read this to you. We said this was my main topic that God's been dealing with me about seeing. This idea of seeing that God wants us to see. He wants us to see what we don't see. And in Acts, it tells us, your young men shall see visions. And I told you that that word there actually means we'll see or experience will be revealed, will walk in what we see. Not just that we'll see like, because I mean, when you first initially read that, the first thing you think is you're going to see some, you know, vision. That God's going to give you a vision. And the people are going to have visions. And that's why so many people have got too many parking lot prophecies. <laughs> you get all messed up. You don't need to see visions. The greatest way God speaks to us is in our spirit. With, he speaks to us in our spirit. we got to be careful. Some of these folks that, you know, I, re I read stuff all the time by people. And it amazes me how they, what, what they write. I wonder if they've ever read the Bible. Never mind, I'm not going there today. But it says that we're supposed to see, experience, walk in, tangibly experience. And so people come to me and they say, Pastor, you don't understand, it's not working. It's not working. I... I I, I'm, going, I'm going through stuff. I, I don't even, I mean, I mean, I've been praying. I've been seeking God. I'm in my room. 
I mean, I'm being expected, but my, 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 my son got sick. My car broke down. My business is not exploding. I, I'm having trouble opening the doors of success. And the Lord really showed me something. I really got this as an expression from God, I believe. I don't know what I don't have. I'm not exactly sure what I missed out on, but I'll bet I'm glad. How many of you understand, you don't deserve, or you're not getting what you deserve. Did you know that? Did, did you, do you understand, if you've been born again, you've been, you don't get what you deserve. What you deserve was to go to hell. What you deserve is sickness in your body. What you deserve, because that's why the Bible says that by his mercy he saved us. For by grace are you saved through faith. You, you are not, at this very moment, sitting where you are, you are not getting what you deserve. Some of you are sitting there, I, I'm not getting what I deserve. I deserve better. <laughs> no, you don't. Right now, you are blessed beyond measure. Ain't a one of y'all that I know of pushing up daisies or you wouldn't be sitting here. That's what you deserve. I am convinced that every day that I live and every step I take, I don't know what I missed out on. How many attacks of the devil came against me and should have taken me out? Should have put me under. Should have destroyed me forever. Should have wrecked everything about me. Should have left me totally destitute, totally destroyed. I wonder how many things have I experienced in life that I had no idea how much God really did love me? How much God really did protect me? How much God really did help me out? Oh yeah, I might not be driving the car that I really wanted to drive, but I got one. I might not be eating T-bone every day. But I ain't skinny. I may not be living in the mansion I thought I was supposed to be living in. But I got a roof. I, I, I don't know. We'll never know. We will never know what the world, the flesh, and the devil have come to destroy in our lives that God did not allow to destroy. We will never know the attack that God thwarted on our behalf. Oh yeah, I mean my, my, my son got sick, but he ain't dead. He might have broke his arm, but he still got an arm. I was pretty excited because he says the, 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 the afflictions of the righteous, that there's, no, there's no immunity. We don't get to get off the island. You know what I'm saying? There's no challenge that we're going to get off and have, you know, challenge immunity here. You know what I mean? Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Here's the best part. But the Lord. 
Wasn't enough shouting right there. But the Lord, how many times were you at the verge of bankruptcy? Or maybe you even went through one, but you still got some money. You recovered. You came out. And he picked you up in spite of you could have still been down and been done out, done away with. But God was there and he was faithful. And he picked you up and he carried you when you didn't even know it. While you're belly aching and griping and complaining, and I'm the same way, I'm not immune from this. I've come to realize, yeah, Brian broke his arm, but the best part was when they told me it was perfect after it was set and healed. There wasn't nothing wrong. He's perfect, it's set perfectly, Pastor Steve. So I went through something, but I came on out. So I went through a fiery furnace, but I came on out. So I went through the Daniel lion den experience, but I came on out. I might have had to pass through the Red Sea, but I'm on the other side. Where we mess up sometimes is people decide to think that God takes them through this stuff. No, God always brings you. There's a big difference between took and brought. God will always bring you out. Even though the world, the flesh, and the devil may put you in, God will always bring you out. Look at somebody and say, God will always bring you out. Oh, say it with some conviction. Listen to me, baby. Listen to me, honey. Come on now. Look here, sweetie. God will always. Oh, somebody ought to shout right here. That's a good moment. That's a good opportunity right there. That's not good, dude. In 2 Kings chapter 6, Elisha is the man of God. He's taken over. He's replaced his mentor. The mantle has been passed from Elijah to Elisha. And he's got the ability to see. Amazingly enough, Syrians want to fight him. Aram is going to come against him. They're going to come against Israel in the preceding. We're going to, we're going to look at the, the 8th through the 14th verse. And then we're going to go to the next, the, the 15th and on. But in this 8th through 14th verse, we get a picture of a man who is the early warning system. He's the siren for the people of Israel. And the reason is, is because he can see. I'm not talking about earthly seeing. I'm not talking about natural seeing. I'm talking about he sees. He can see. He's not looking at natural things. We're guilty of looking at where we are. We're guilty of the experience of the moment. We don't see. And here's so Aram has devised plans against Israel. He's going to come in and he's going to conquer Israel. He's always lining these armies up. He's got these great plans. And every time he comes in to attack Israel, they already know about it. I mean, they always know. I mean, they come in, and they're defeated because they know. 
And he gets frustrated. He comes back to his chief and he says to him, he says, who is spilling the beans? We got to have a spot. Somebody is seeing this stuff. Somebody is telling. So finally one guy goes, uh, there's a guy. And his name is Elisha. And uh, he sees stuff. He's telling them. Aram says, well, that might be true, so let's kill him. We'll get rid of him. Great plan, right? If you get rid of the warning system, the early prevention device, then we can go in and attack without them knowing. So where is this guy? Okay, he's in a town called Dothan, and it ain't Alabama. So they go, and he takes all of his armies, and he surrounds and encamps around Dothan. We're going to take this guy out. Now Elisha's in there and sleeping good. His servant wakes up and looks out the window. And says, oh my God. That's really what he said. <laughs> We're going to get killed. They are going to kill. Kill us. We're done. What have you done? You brought us in this way. They're coming after. They're going to kill us. Elijah says, ah, hush. <laughs> That's what he said. Don't fear. That ain't what he said. It's what he said, but that ain't what he said. You know what I'm saying? I wish I was there. You know, could you go back in time and watch it? Kids freaking out. Imagine he had to change his pants. And here Elisha says, what are you worried about? Now, how would you feel? What in the world would you have experienced on that day when he looked at you and said, I would have thought the man had lost his mind. I mean, don't you see? I mean, okay, you're ready to die, but are you ready? They're going to kill you. They're going to kill us. We are dead. Elisha says, Lord, Open his eyes. Open his eyes that he may see. And the Bible says that the Lord opened his eyes and he saw. What did he see? You see, this was a natural attack. This was an attack by a man. This was the world, the flesh. This was not the devil. Although maybe inspired by the devil and certainly conjured by the devil, he may be the backstory behind all this because we wrestle not against flesh and blood and against principalities and powers, but it's the world, the flesh, and the devil. And he's standing there facing a, a, a major challenge in his life, everything that he has believed. He's standing there and it all looks thwarted and disturbed and distrusted and messed up and totally wrecked. And yet God shows him what he could not otherwise see. I believe with all of my heart, folks, we don't really realize how many times God has kept us. We do not realize how many times the army of the Lord was arrayed on our behalf. How many times those chariots and those angels stood on our, our behalf and stood there to watch over us on a football field? Down the highway, around the corner, in our front yard, 
A man was swallowed up in a sinkhole the other day. Nobody knows where he's at. He's gone. You don't know how many times God kept the ground from under your feet from just absolutely sucking you down. You don't know the time you were near a water pool or in a situation. You don't know. You don't know. But if God could open your eyes. See, the thing about the eyes opening, the idea of this eyes opening thing is, is that once he showed the, the, the servant this, he then blinded the eyes of the army. And then Elijah was able to pass, or Elisha was able to pass through this army, and they followed him to their destruction. How many times has God blinded the eyes of the enemy in your life? Oh, my goodness. Oh, no, you may not be driving the car you thought you should drive. You might have had a little something come up. Your son might have been puking last night. But I don't know what it could have been. I don't know what it might have turned out to be. I want to show you one of the greatest revelations I've ever seen. I mean, it's just one of them. I mean, there's so many. I want you to turn. We're going to look at one more thing before we go. And, and there's so much I want to say about this seen and unseen. You see, God wants us to see in the spirit. He's, he's trying to reveal it to us, but what we see is only what we see in the, in, in the natural. You have to understand the spirit realm is so much greater than what you experience in the natural realm. And we don't have to be freaky about it. We just have to understand that there is a revelation that God wants us to have. And if he's already spoken things, he's not changing his mind. He's not going to change the... Whatever God said you're supposed to experience has already been said, and he will never say it differently. If God said you are the head... If God... Just your, your circumstances don't determine what God already said. Don't you understand? What you're living in doesn't, doesn't have anything to do with what God already said. And if you're listening to God, do you know you're hearing what he already said? If he said the blessings of the Lord will come upon thee and overtake thee, then that's what he said. All I need is a revelation. I got to see. Abraham is going to Genesis 22. Let's, let's read it. Let's read this. Genesis chapter 22. I want you to get this. Genesis chapter 22. I'm going to start at verse 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took the two of his young men with him, Isaac his son, and claved the wood for a burnt offering and rose up and went to the place from which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw a place afar off. And Abraham said unto his young men, Abide ye here with my ass, and I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again. Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac his son. And he took the fire in his hand and the knife, and they both went together. And Isaac spake and said, Abraham to his father and said, My father, he said, Here am I thy son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? That sight, it's, it is natural sight. Natural sight. There's the circumstance. There's the condition. Now listen to this. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they both went of them together. They came to the place which God had told him of. And Abraham built an altar. There and laid wood. 
in order to, uh, in order, and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched forth his hand, took the knife to slay his son, and the angel of the Lord called out from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham, he said, here am I. And he said, lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither do anything, do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing Thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram was caught in the thicket by his thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up before God as a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Jireh, as it is written and said today, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. There is a natural sight, and there is a supernatural God sight. Now, these words seen in eyes and Jehovah Jireh, they all tie to the word provision. Abraham said, I will provide. God said, I, he said that God would provide. The word provide, do you know what it is? This is great. You're going to love this. The word provide means to see, to look, to behold, a seer, a spy, respect, foreseeth, heed. It literally means to see, to perceive. To have vision. Abraham said, God will see. <laughs> God will see. Are you, are you with me? Do you see what I'm trying to say here? We take the word provide. Yeah, that's one of the words that may be, may be associated. But if God's already said it, all he's ever going to say is what he's already said. God will see. God will see. Yet yeah, provide, but he will. The real truth is he'll let me. In the greatest challenge, in the moment of the hardest place, in the moment of your greatest move towards God, God will see. <laughs> it's already there. He's already spoken it. For you to sit there and believe that you're not going to come out, that what you're going through is the worst thing you've ever been through in your life, you don't understand. You just need to see. <laughs> you, you, you just need to see. Because God already sees, and you shall see visions. And he saw the vision. His eyes 
Oh, my Lord, do you all have a clue what I just told y'all? Do you have any understanding that in the midst of your trial, in the midst of your situation, in the midst of whatever it is, God has already provided the, the ram in the thicket. It isn't just provision. It's there. It's there. It's there. It will always be there. It always has been there. God does not lie. He's not a man that he should lie. All you need to do is see. Our prayer needs to be, God, let me see what I cannot see. 